everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Here we are, week number four. Yeah, I don't want to really reflect on Monday night's game. The Giants did lose. I thought we did play admirably. I thought Daniel Jones had an impressive game. I discount that last interception he threw at the end of the game. The David Stills did fall on that run though it might have been an ill-advised throw. I thought Daniel Jones performed very well under pressure. I thought that fourth and four really killed us when we didn't stop the Cowboys and then try to challenge it. But let's save that for another day, and we will get right into the games for the week. We have some very interesting lines this week. There were a lot of ones that were head scratchers, so I'm interested to debate some of these about you. And we'll start with probably what I think is going to be one of the best games of the weekend, and that's the Monday night game. We have the L.A. Rams, San Francisco 49ers. It's the rematch of the NFC Championship last year where the Rams did defeat the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. We have Jimmy G back. He didn't have the best outing against the Broncos. You and I both kind of figured that. We both had the Broncos in that contest. It's hard to play a mile high. Jimmy G really was just practicing with the first team for the first time. He has another week under his belt, though. He is playing without Trent Williams. The pro ball left tackle, who's at four to six weeks, that is definitely going to hurt them on offense. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But before I preview any more, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds for this game? Yeah, great point, Ali. So Monday morning early, I opened up the game the Niners two, uh, and a couple hours later, bounced all the way up two and a half. Uh, and I'm wondering, okay, so that's an interesting path for the game to take. No problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, two days later. Uh, of course, um, you know, as, as injuries start to clear themselves up, we understand who's going to be playing and who's not. Wednesday morning, it dropped the full point. Now we are at one and a half and the total 43, down from 45 and a half, which was the opener, Ali. Yeah, I actually do like the under on this game. I know pre- pretty much people relate the Rams with a high-octane offense, and while I'm not totally discounting that, we haven't seen the same firepower from them this year so far as we've seen in previous seasons. But for me, I had a lot of people ask me, why are the Rams underdogs in this game? There's no way the Niners should be favored. And I said, well, that's what the public would think, right? Don't always think about the public. For me, and I know you always stress the people, which I want to stress too, it's look at the power rankings. For me, the Niners and the Rams are pretty much the same team, I would say, talent-wise. I really don't see a huge discrepancy there. If anything, I think the Niners are vastly more talented on defense. You know, you have Nick Boza on there, Fred Warner, you have some of the other top guys on the defensive end. For me, I think that the Niners' defense on Monday night is just going to be pro- just going to prove to be too much for the Rams. We saw how they struggled against a superior defense in the Bills the opening night of the season. I love San Francisco in that game, in, in, in this game. In fact, it's one of my favorite picks of the week. Am I crazy, Robert? Ali, you said it, not me. First off, <laughs> I know I know our listener loves, you know, uh, what current trends might be happening as we enter week four, right? And so underdogs this year in the NFL are 21-26-1 and one straight up. Uh, underdogs against the spread are 29-18-1 and one against the mm-hmm. spread. And unders, 30 and 18. So that is uh, 30 out of 48 games have gone to the under. And unders in primetime are 7 and 3. So out of the 10 games of primetime, 7 of them have gone under. Allie, 
I really didn't want to open this one up too. And then to see it go to two and a half, I honestly thought that this was the wrong direction for this game to go. Ali, I think the Rams should be the favorite in this game. And it's actually one of my stronger leans of the season. Uh, with no Trent Williams, he's going to be out indefinitely. Different team. Completely different team. I don't <laughs> – I know it, it's going to be an offense that they're going to uh, – San Francisco, that is. The Niners are going to use an offense that they've used for years with Garoppolo, but without Trent Williams, it doesn't work. It just doesn't. And uh, the Rams, just looking at their roster, I mean, eh, Van Jefferson, he's out. He injured, injured his knee last week. Um, really not too concerned about him because they are deep enough at wide receiver. Really, my bigger concerns came at um, – at the uh, defensive point, yeah, they're actually their uh, secondary is a little bit banged up. Fuller, uh, he's questionable. Uh, Durant's questionable. And then uh, David Long is also questionable. But I think come Sunday, uh, they'll be healthy enough to, you know, to make an impact to come in and play for 20, 25 snaps. Ali, I, I think I said enough. We got ourselves uh, two diametrically opposed opinions on this one. I love it, though, because like I said, I love just hearing why, are, why aren't the Rams favored? The Rams should be favored. This is a, this is a lock of the week. Everyone's been telling me this is a lock week. So what do I do? My favorite thing? I go against the public. Yes, and yes. in all my pick em leagues, you know, we can't see what everyone picks, but we could see a percentage. In both my pick em leagues, the Rams are picked over 80%. Over 80% of people are picking the Rams. So that, to me, is a guarantee I'm going the other way. Listen, the Rams, and we made, we've we made this mistake with Super Bowl winning teams in the past. They start the season out slow. They're not the same team. This isn't the same Rams team that won the Super Bowl. I'm off the Rams bandwagon right now. I've seen a struggling Rams team since, they, since the Super Bowl. Started week one where I trusted them a little too much to cover against the Bills. Week two, they basically almost blew the game to the Falcons. And maybe they beat up on a out of Arizona team, which they've owned in years past, and who's also missing several other stars. I understand Trent Williams is probably one of the biggest losses a team could have. But one thing is, I've seen the Niners own the Rams over the years. I've seen them play very well against the Rams. This is in San Francisco. Maybe if it was in LA, it would be a little bit different for me. But I really love the Niners here. I think Jimmy G, another week under his belt, he settled, he settled in. He gets to play in front of his home crowd. They're not in Denver anymore. This is just my total gut. I don't think anyone can change my opinion. I'm all over the Niners. You know, I in all the weeks we've been doing this, Allie, I haven't heard you so adamant about a lean ever. And yet I really feel nope. the exact opposite. I really feel that this is just a case of the wrong favorite, you know, being listed here. Uh, so, wow, all right, Um what a huge, huge Sharpie circle around this game for us. Oh, I can't wait. And we'll preview this more when we do our Monday morning recap on Monday. But I don't want to stress it too much. I'm going to I'm gonna say, like I said, I love going against the public. And when a public consensus is so big like this one, I love going against it even more. So let's move on to a, a game where we're still unsure of where the location will even be due to the Hurricane, uh, uh, Hurricane Ian in Florida. But the Chiefs and the Bucks. Now, this on paper should be a very good matchup, but I kind of think otherwise. But I'll I'll save that for after. Robert, what are we looking at for the odds right now? This one has kind of danced a little bit all over the place from when we opened this one up. 
very late Sunday night. Tampa opened as a uh, two-point dog, so let's just go the other direction. Kansas City, a two-point favorite. It immediately jumped to three, uh, took the three down to two and a half. Now we're down to one, and actually the game is now set at pick. Uh, total open 46 and a half, dipped all the way down to 44 before settling at 45 and a half out. So it sounds like some sharp money's coming in on the bucks. Am I right? That is correct. I first glance again, my spreads, they locked Tuesday night. We locked at Tampa Bay plus two and a half. And I'll go ahead again and say, I really like this pick as well. I know the chiefs are just coming off a loss. Everyone's going to want to point that out. There's no way the chiefs are going to win two are going to lose two in a row. Wrong. Just look at how the Chiefs started last season, how they struggled. This team is in prime position to lose two in a row. They were very careless with the ball last week. They made a lot of bad mistakes against Indianapolis. I get it. Tampa Bay hasn't been the same scoring team that they have been years past. But against the Packers, they didn't have Mike Mike Evans. They are going to get Mike Evans back this game. He's Brady's favorite receiver. They are getting healthier. They still have one of the best underrated defenses in the league. The Bucks are the Bucks defense is one defense that doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. I mean, they've held opponents. Do they have the Packers the 14 points? The Cowboys with Dak Prescott to three points, the Saints to 10 points. This is a team that will will that will limit the scoring. And I think this is the perfect matchup for the Bucs, whether they play in Tampa Bay, whether they play in Minneapolis or wherever, I think that the Bucs win this game outright. How about you, Robert? I, I completely agree with you. Their defense is not being lauded enough. Uh, that's actually what's gotten them to the 2 and one record, not really so much their offense. You just nailed it right on the head with the opponents and how many points per game they're actually giving up. This one now at home, lots of rest to get themselves ready for a late Sunday game. Ali, thank you so much for posting on the blog. The, um, the power rankings that I do each yep. week, are, are those are my own. Those, so that's those are my numbers that I come up with, and that's actually how I come up with my opening numbers. So when I said Kansas City is a six and a half, uh, you know, zero being the median, uh, when I have Kansas City as, as a six and a half and Tampa as a four and a half, I figure everyone, eh, home for me is worth about two, in some cases three, right. if not really, really loud. So this lands exactly where I expected it to be. Uh, Tampa four and a half, Kansas City six and a half, uh, add the home field advantage, and that's exactly where we're supposed to be, pick. Um, I do like the fact that uh, Tom Brady gets back uh, a good assortment of the talent that he needs to throw to and, uh, you know, keep that ball control going. Leonard Fournette, completely healthy and ready to go. If there was a lean, and I'm not really too crazy about this one, I sure would just love to just sit there and watch chaos unfold. You know, Alex, just as a, I guess as a little, you know, sidebar, I, I really don't, you know, the, the, the games themselves are good. That's not why I watch games yeah. anymore. I watch games for like chaos, right? Like for oh, example, like the Buffalo, the, you know, the Buffalo Miami game was complete chaos. It made no sense. They, the, the amount of plays that they ran versus they Buffalo's amount of plays that they ran offensively versus Miami's and they lost. That's what I live for now. <laughs> so yeah. not so much. I'm not going to lean too much heavily here. I think the game is set perfectly. Um, and I'm just really want to see uh, how this one unfolds for me. Me too. It's one of my games that I am going to watch. I do feel for the people too in Florida right now that are getting hit by the hurricane. I hope everyone's okay. I know I have many friends that live in the Tampa area, the Orlando area as well. So hope everything is good for that game. But let's move on to another what should be just score fest this this weekend. And that's the Bills and the Ravens. 
the Bills, they just lost. We were just talking about the game, the chaotic game against the Dolphins. I don't know how the Bills lost that game. The Ravens, they had an easier time against the Patriots after they lost a big one to Miami the prior week. Robert, for the Bills and the Ravens, what are we looking at odds-wise? This one opened three, and I thought that was a perfect number. Uh, just uh, a lot of wood laying, so it went up to four, got bounced down minutes later, down to three and a half before finally settling to the number that I thought it should have been right from the very get-go. We're at Buffalo minus three. The total, we opened up 53 and a half. It's now dipped down to 51, Allie. Yeah, and I'm going against one of my rules here. I usually, when I see a three or three and a half point spread, I usually will go with the with the home team the, if they're underdog. I always like siding with home underdogs on this one. But this is a different case. I think we're getting very good value right here with the Bills. The Bills did just lose. People have, still have that in the head that the Bills lost to Miami in Miami. That was an anomaly game. It was so hot that game that Bills players were quoted afterwards saying they needed IVs during the game. Like, that's how bad it was down there. They get to play in a brisk Baltimore October weather come Sunday. It's more up It's more up their alley of the weather they like to play in. We still have Baltimore that has somewhat of a depleted defense. They still have some key injuries back there, even though Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey are healthy. They're still dealing with Kyle Kyle Fuller being on the injured reserve. And let's not forget the Bills were missing, I want to say, six, seven, or eight starters against the Dolphins. So I think they have a much better shot of being healthy this week. Again, they were playing last week against the Dolphins on a short week because they played the Monday night game. I love the Bills in this one. Like I said, I think we're getting great value with the Bills. I think they're going to bounce back. I don't think that the Ravens are going are going to put up. I mean, I think they're going to put up a huge fight, but I actually think the Bills will win comfortably in this one. This is going to be the toughest defense that the Baltimore Ravens have played thus far. I know everyone's talking up Lamar Jackson, MVP again, and while he has played excellent, he's not he hasn't played a defense like Buffalo. I think he's going to struggle a bit. I think Buffalo wins. I want I don't want to say pretty comfortably, but I think that they take back control of the AFC this weekend. How about you, Robert? Yeah, you know, uh, what a what a difference a week makes, Allie. Huh? Baltimore had their defense really show up big in the fourth quarter to hold off the Patriots, and that was nice to see. I mean, obviously, the points that they were pouring on, it's, that's something that I expected to see. You know, now Baltimore gets to host Buffalo, but I think at three, maybe you might want to just pump the brakes. Let's, like you said, forget about what happened in Miami. This isn't exactly a game that is going to be repeatable ever again. Uh, the, the instances that they did, and they you know, lost that game. Here, with them being a three-point favorite, uh, the number kind of matches up. It probably should close a little bit higher. So where it goes from three to three and a half, I would expect that far more than it going down to two and a half. Uh, so my lean, if I were to take it, probably Buffalo here. Again, tops in the league, uh, certainly tops in this matchup, uh, with games landing at three around 18% of the time. I think this this one definitely gets a cover for uh, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I know the Ravens are a sexy pick this week. I've seen I've read a lot about analysts taking the Ravens. I get it. It's a hot pick. People love Lamar Jackson. I get it. But for me, the Bills are on another level than than the Ravens. I don't think you can even compare their defenses, and I think that's what's going to make a difference this game. I mean that that offensive coordinator of the Bills just looked hot after the game we saw we all saw the camera of him just going crazy up in the box I think it's a totally different week 
we're going to see the bills back in form. So you and I are both in agreement on this. So we got two out of three to start that we agree on. So, oh, no, no, I actually have, yeah, two out of three to start. Let's move on to another game, which I don't think is going to be as exciting, but I think it is a division rivalry game. It's an interesting game in a sense. We got the Broncos and the Raiders. Raiders are 0-3. People think there's no way the Raiders can start the year 0-4. I think the opposite. But before I get into that, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds for the Broncos and the Raiders this weekend? Steady as she goes on this one, Allie. We opened up the Raiders as a two-point favorite. Got bet up to two and a half, and I know it's not going to get to three. And if it does, it's going to be sitting there for mere seconds. Uh, so I think two and a half is definitely the ceiling there. That's the current line for the Raiders, the favorite. Total set to 45 and a half. That's what we opened at. Yeah, I'm all over the Broncos in this one. I know the Broncos have struggled tremendously when it comes to scoring the ball. They only mustered 11 points against the 49ers last week. They only got 16 against the Texans. But I think against the Raiders, it is a it is a division matchup. Teams do step up during their division matchup. We have another week. Russell Wilson is kind of settling in. We talked on Monday how he does look indifferent at times. I think he's heard criticism all week. I mean, you even had Eli Manning criticizing him earlier in the week, saying they should have paid the punter all that money instead of Russell Wilson. I think he's finally hearing his critics. I think he comes out and probably has the best game with the as as a Denver Broncos so far this week. The Raiders, I just think that they're in a free fall right now. They really don't have an identity, in my opinion. I know they have Derek Carr. I know they have Devontae Adams. But Devontae Adams, besides week one, hasn't been the wide receiver we saw with the Packers. It just seems like Kim and Derek Carr aren't on the same page at times. I don't know, Robert. For me, this is this is uh, this is the Broncos. For me, I really like them. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- I'm not going to disagree with you here either. Uh, really doesn't make sense. It's it's a game where one team's two and one, another team is already out of the playoffs, uh, and yep. yet they're the ones that are the favorite. I get the home field and all, but I think Denver, top to bottom, is a, a far superior franchise than the Raiders are right now. And uh, I honestly think this is another one, just like L.A is on Monday night, I think we have a case of the wrong favorite-itis. Yeah, it's almost like people forget as as much as the Denver's offense has struggled, their, de- struggled, their defense has still been great. They limited the Niners to only 10 points, Texans to only 8. Seattle was a little bit of an anomaly. That was week one. They they started out a little, a little slow, but since then, they've been pretty much shut down. I think they do shut the, the Raiders down. Derek Carr has been interception prone over the years. I think he throws multiple interceptions against this this Denver secondary this week. This is another one of my favorite picks. I'm all over the Broncos. I know that people like to bet the Raiders. I don't think that has much of a say with how the spread turned out. But I do think that Denver will win this. And I think Russell Wilson, like I said, has the best game of his Den- short-lived Denver. Well, short so far. Denver Bronco careers thus far. So let's move on because I can't not talk about my Giants in the marquee games. I know we have a bit of a doozer this week against the Bears, but I did think it was nice to highlight this game because, like I said, the I was impressed, Robert, on Monday with the Giants. I know we lost to the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys didn't have Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush did play very well. I was very disappointed with our defense. We didn't put any pass rush on him. Cooper Cup was a Cooper Rush wasn't even hit once. I don't think he wasn't sacked once. I thought having Aziz back as well as Kayvon Thibodeau, I thought that we would have a lot better pass rush. It was kind of non-existent. So 
Before we get into the, the Giants and the Bears game, what did you take away from Monday night, Robert? Yeah, I, I was, I mean, look, yeah, it's just taking away my my fandom and taking my heart away from the game it was one where I just felt that there wasn't, you know, the time that was given to Daniel Jones wasn't used efficiently. And what was worse is that I found, I honestly, you know, the targets that he was hitting, I, I don't know what happened to Kenny Galladay. I, I figure at this point he would have fixed it. No, I, I, I guess he's it's just not going to end up. No, he, he's, he's not going to end up being of any value. Uh, Shepard, I don't think he's going to be playing, uh, you know, and, and honestly, as a giant anymore. No, so, he's, he's done. Yeah, so th- there's there's very limited, you know, targets to throw to now. Um, so it looks, I mean, look, ultimately, it comes down to the, the play of Cooper Rush, Um yeah, we do. We we have a quarterback controversy. We actually we actually do. He's he's completing passes. He's hitting really tiny spots, and you know he's leading them to victory. This wasn't going to be an easy win for the Cowboys, and they ended up pulling it out with smart, efficient quarterback play. Yep, it was. I was very impressed by Cooper Rush, and I know this is I, this is why I feel for Daniel Jones. He just really never has had a break in his career. He's always had one of the worst offensive lines in all the league. His receivers have never been up to par. People forget we traded Odell Beckham before he even got to play with Odell Beckham Jr. Kenny Galladay has just been one of the biggest free agent signing busts I could think of in recent years. Shepard's usually been reliable when healthy, but his entire career he's never been healthy. I don't know what's going on with Darius Slayton. He seems to be off the team. I think I saw him a few snaps over the week I- weekend. But someone's going to have to step up for the Giants if they want to do anything on offense. Saquon did have a good second half of the game. He struggled in the first half. But, Robert, Daniel Jones, you you can't – you have to feel for the guy. I keep saying he was very impressive, I thought, Monday night. He really he really stepped up. He was getting hit on every single snap. He didn't even have a second before he had to release it. And the fact that really he finished without any fumbles – and with the one interception at the end, I was beyond impressed. But before, besides having a postmortem on the game on Monday, because again, I can go off on this forever. What are we looking at for the odds for this uh, for this weekend's game? All right. So both teams two and one. We have the New York Giants open at two and a half. Uh, gets bet up to three, and it's been steady at three the whole time. Uh, total thirty nine and a half is what we set it at. It's now forty, Allie. Let's let's just get rid of my bias aside. There is no way after watching the Bears the first three weeks that I could foresee myself backing the Bears at all the rest of the season. I did take them against the Texans, but then playing the Texans who cannot score is an entirely different story. Robert, for me, I don't know how Justin Fields is a quarterback right now in this league. He looks that bad. And you could tell that the Bears just don't even trust him. I mean, is Justin Fields, in your opinion, already a bust? I think that we're definitely seeing the signs for that. I I I always want to give every quarterback the benefit of the doubt. Congratulations, you're one of 30, 32, you know, incredible athletes on the planet to make it and start an NFL game. But we have a catch 22, right? He needs more time to make these pass attempts successful, uh, but he's not given it because the offensive line is just getting swallowed whole on every snap. I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to provide that same kind of a, of a pass rush that Chicago has had to deal with, but I, I do know that it's going to be just enough. So it's, I don't know if you take, for example, uh, 
Justin Fields and drop him onto the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line if he would have the same success no. uh, as Jalen Hurts. Uh, but right now, I, I don't think that he's really amassing that much um, of trust, like you said. I, I don't know if they're trusting him you know, to do what he is supposed to do. And I think that the playbook's obviously been cut in half. Um, he, he's really not going to have that much surrounding him. Montgomery's going to be out. Uh, you know, they're down to backups all the way around. So this one's, you know, attrition's already completely swallowed both of these franchises. And I actually think that, you know, with the Giants being the home team, that's probably where the small edge is. They'll probably win this game. Uh, that three-point point spread will probably be very close. They might not cover. They might not, but I'm going to side with my team on this one. I'll let our listener know, like, this, you know, bias aside, I would still probably back the Giants just because, I just don't see just, I, I just can't back Justin Fields. Like I said, but, but Houston's Texans are a different story. They're probably one of the worst teams in the league, but there's nothing that can compel me to back Justin Fields the rest of the way out. So I'm, I'm totally siding with the giants here, but again, I do have a a bit of a bias, so I'm going to stick with my team, but let's move on now. Cause we are running out of time a bit. So let's get to the rest of our rapid fire games for the weekend. We'll start with the Packers and the Patriots, Robert. So we know Mac Jones is going to miss the next few weeks. We have journeyman Brian Hoyer, who I can't believe is still in the league, making the start this weekend. What are we looking at for the odds here? Yeah, Green Bay opened up at nine uh, when we knew for a fact Hoyer was definitely starting quarterback. Jumped all the way up to ten and a half. Uh, came back a little bit down to ten. Uh, now it's nine and a half, but I could see this closing double digits. Total opened up 42 and a half, got that way down to 39 and a half before settling at 40 and a half alley. So I, I'm actually probably going to surprise people. I'm back in the Patriots on this one. I looked at in Belichick's career. He's pretty good at, a, at when he's an underdog of nine or more points. He has a pretty good record on that. I think people are overreacting to the news of Brian Hoyer being the quarterback. I know Hoyer isn't good, but Mac Jones really wasn't playing too much better. I think that the Patriots are going to run the ball a lot behind Damian Harris a lot this game. I think that the Packers people still have the when they hear Aaron Rodgers, they have it in the in their minds that the Packers are going to put up points like there's no tomorrow like they did when they had Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers is still struggling to score with his receivers. Romeo Dobbs kind of stepped up the past weekend, but even then they scored only 14 points against even though it was a very good Tampa Bay defense now they go up against a Patriots defense that isn't terrible I know they they allowed a lot of points to the Ravens this past weekend but or yeah this past weekend but there was multiple turnovers Mac Jones had a few interceptions there was a key fumble by I forget which receiver but they were driving so I don't want to totally blame it on the Patriots defense I think that the Patriots keep it close I don't think they win I don't think they come close to winning but I could definitely see a backdoor cover I can see a very low scoring game where the run gains are utilized to, to take care of time of possession. I'm back in the Patriots on this one. How about you, Robert? Yeah, you make a great point right there. Green Bay wins this game. Look, let's not go ahead and, and mince any words here. Those of you looking for a survivor selection somewhere in the middle of our pod, uh, yeah, that would be it right there. Yep. <laughs> we'll definitely be looking at um, you know a, a victorious Green Bay Packer team at the end of Sunday. Uh Nine and a half does seem like it's quite a bit. I think that, and of course, we're not going to know this until Sunday morning, but if Atari ends up playing, you know, anything north of 45 snaps, 
they're going to really, really control this ball very well. Um, and, and it's going to end up becoming uh, a time of possession game where, yeah, you know, Green Bay could probably open up to a 14, 17 point lead. And then the question is, uh, you know, do they, you know, let loose, relax a little bit with nine minutes left in the game and, you know, allow New England to come in and scratch within double digits? I could see that happening. Yeah, so we're in agreement on that one. Let's move on to the Cardinals and the Panthers. A lot of people were perplexed about this line as well that I talked to. So before I go any further, Robert, what are we looking at the odds here? Yeah, this one definitely is uh, a little bit strange. We did open up the Carolina Panthers as a one-point favorite. Then the public took it up to two, uh, danced it back down to one and a half, and then one, and now it's one and a half. So it's really all the same, you know, Allie, in bookmaking parlance. When we go to one and a half, uh, all the way up to two and a half. It's basically the same number for me, uh, but okay. it's sitting right there in that middle middle range at one and a half for Carolina, a uh, team that really ended up scoring more points defensively than uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And their defense is why I am backing them this game against the Cardinals. I don't think Kyler Murray, I've said it for weeks, he's not the same quarterback, A, without DeAndre Hopkins, B, this, just this year in general. He just looks totally perplexed out there he, he looks so you know he's so like russell wilson he looks so indifferent he doesn't look like he has a care in the world so apathetic just being out there i actually like the panthers this game i know i've been saying for weeks that i am higher on baker mayfield than others but i don't think baker mayfield wins this game for them i think it does come down to the defense i do think that the cardinals will i think the cardinals will get pressured by the by the panthers defense I'm on the Cardinal. I mean, I'm on the Panthers for this one. How about you? I think if we we pour this one out, obviously, you know, injuries uh, are going to happen in the middle of the week uh, just from practice. And so the one that just came out, of course, and that's, you know, everyone's star fantasy player, Christian McCaffrey injured his quad. So now he's questionable for Sunday versus Arizona. How much is that going to play into if he doesn't start? I think quite a bit. Uh, so with this game, you know, highlighted in, you know, a very, very bright red for me. Uh, I'm, I'm not really going to go ahead and, and make a, a really decided decision. But honestly, Hallie, without Kyler Murray, Arizona would really be sinking. I'd be, I don't think they would right. even be. They'd probably be bottom three in the entire league. Uh, under the total for me on this one, I, I wouldn't – I really wouldn't want to make a pick on the side just yet, knowing that uh, McCaffrey's uh, probably not going to play. Yeah, that's fair. One of my other strategies I do love betting is I love when I'm betting a, a West Coast team has to travel to the East Coast and play a morning game. If you consider the time difference, that's a, much less of a, a much less of a, of a turnaround. They played in the later game on Sunday. Now they have to play an early Sunday game on the East Coast. The time difference definitely will have an effect on them. I agree with you. I we said it. We both called it from preseason. The Arizona Cardinals are just a complete shit show. I don't know what to make of this team. I just know that I can't trust this team. So when I look at them having to play in Carolina, I'm going to side with the home team. Again, Christian McCaffrey might affect what happens. I don't know if he plays or if he not, but if if he, I'm going to go under the presumption that he is playing and I'm going to back the Panthers as a result of that. Because I do think people, you know, when they are overreacting, they are thinking that the Arizona Cardinals are still the team that was a wild card team last year. They're not. One of the things I've noticed with people, and I, I bet you could attest to this too, Robert. One thing I noticed the first week weekends of the season in the NFL is that too many people bet the teams that they were last year. Is that correct? 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's really not the way you're supposed to handicap any kind of a game. It's form. Form is everything. And uh, honestly, you really you should just be concentrating on uh, what you know they built into going into the regular season and then just go back three games. So right now we already have a very, very good body of work for every franchise. Then you just have to go ahead and make adjustments like I do every single week. Go ahead and just take a look at the blog. And you'll see where my adjustments come into play every single week because each column will show you where I put them week after week after week. So injuries play a very big part in it. And then um, their current form, much like in, uh, in horse racing, I like to take a look and see if they're moving upwards or if the trajectory is dropping. You know, right now the Chargers, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on them in a second. They're, you know, they're completely just falling straight off of a cliff. So with this instance, Cardinals are showing me that no matter who their wide receiver is going to be or they are today, I don't think that there's going to be much hope left for them this year. No, so I'm going to go with the Panthers. Again, maybe it might change the McCaffrey's out, but I probably would stick with the Panthers anyway based on their defense. So let's move on to probably a game that I think is going to be high scoring, and that's the Jaguars and the Eagles. Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here? What a great game. You're absolutely right. So uh, Eagles now 3-0. and We had this one opened up as a six-point favorite. They're now up to six and a half. The total dropped a little bit from the opener of 46 and a half. It's now 45. So I hate the Eagles. I'm obviously a Giants fan, but I'm back in the Eagles this week. I know people, I think people are overreacting to the Jaguars two wins. They played a depleted Colts game, the game that they blew them out. I should have known to switch my pick last week when Justin Herbert played. I should know Justin Herbert wouldn't have been 100%. And even if he wasn't in 100%, right at the beginning of that game, they lost Rashawn Slater, the Chargers, their top le- left tackle. They lost Joey Boza. They they were already missing some key starters, J.C. Jackson on defense. I think I'm not going to take too much away from the Jaguars because Trevor Lawrence has impressed me, and you can't control who you play and what injuries there are. But I think this is different now for the Jacksonville Jaguars to have to go into Philadelphia, play the hottest team in football. I think they're going to be totally overmatched. A.J. Brown and Devonta Devonta Smith are just going to run all over their defense. The Jaguars do have a very good rush defense, but I think the Eagles, they're becoming more of a passing team now. They were very much a running team last year. With addition of Brown to complement Smith, they are more of a passing team. I really, I know it's a bigger spread than people like, but I'm back in the Eagles on this one. How about you? You know, in the preseason, I thought that the Eagles were going to be clear division winners. Uh, forget about the division. They, they might just run away with the NFC altogether right now. They're tops in the NFC at this point in week four with definitely what resembles as having two number one wide receivers uh, at the arsenal for, for Jalen Hurts. So, it's so much so that if people are completely forgetting that Miles Sanders has just com- become a shell of himself, it's not even necessary right. with how much offense power that they have. It doesn't matter who they put back there. Their line, just by brute force alone, is letting you pick up four yards every single time you carry the ball. So this is definitely one of those instances where if they win the cover, in my opinion, with the Eagles, the form that they have right now, Tops, completely tops. You're absolutely right, Ali, on Jacksonville. They are much, much improved. But the level of play that they've had to deal with versus what Philadelphia's had to deal with are night and day. Six and a half is a coverable number. I'm agreeing with you, Ali. They're going to cover that spread. Oh, I hate to hear it, but yep. 
Well, let's go on to another two teams I don't like, but the Commanders and the Cowboys. What are we looking at the odds here, Robert? The uh, Dallas Cowboys, now 2-1 and one Dallas Cowboys, opened up as a three-point favorite. Has it moved? It's still three. The total opened 42 and a half. It's now down to 41. So another one of my strategies, I always like to bet against the winner of the Monday night game. I think that they play on too short of a week. We saw the Bills lose last weekend and not cover against the Dolphins. The previous week when the Seattle Seahawks won, they did not cover the following weekend against the Niners. I'm going to stick with my strategy. I know the commanders looked downright awful against the Philadelphia Eagles. I know the Cowboys do have a good defense, but I think playing on a short week, I think that the commander's offense does step it up a bit. They're not going to be as bad as they were. I don't think the commanders win, but I do think they'll cover. What about you, Robert? This one, I actually see Dallas as uh, swallowing Carson Wentz whole. Uh, he, he got hit so many times last week. He, he did. Sacked nine times. Uh, I, I think more of that continues. And we may we may start talking about who is the backup to the Washington commanders at quarterback very, very soon. Uh, Cowboys win and cover this one. They cover the three. All right. Well, we disagree on that one. I think that's only our second disagreement. So we're we're looking good so far. <laughs> Let's move on to the Browns and the Falcons. Probably not the most exciting game. We don't know if Miles Garrett's going to play for the Browns yet, so I'm sure that's going to affect the spread. What are we looking at, though, right now, Robert, for the odds? Yeah, Atlanta, definitely a uh, a spunky backup right now. They've, they opened up the Browns as a three-point favorite. And just kept laddering on down the two and a half, two, one and a half, and the current line, which is Cleveland only has a one point favorite. So uh, this definitely smells like it could end up going pick. And who knows? Uh, if things keep to form, Atlanta might actually end up closing the favorite. Uh, total opened up 46 and a half, moved way up to 50 before dropping back down to 47. Uh, so there we have it. Atlanta uh, only catching one point at home right now uh, from their opener of three. And I actually think Atlanta wins this game. I really do. I think between the Browns having a 10-day layoff, that always seems to affect teams negatively, in my opinion. I don't think Miles Garrett's going to end up playing. I just don't foresee it this game. Spunky is the perfect word to describe the Falcons. That's exactly how they are. Marcus Mariota has been a pretty decent quarterback since taking over for them. We haven't even heard Desmond Ritter's name. He's done a good job at the helm for at the helm they almost came back and beat the rams they almost beat the saints they they pretty much defeated the seahawks not pretty easy but pretty good i i really like the falcons this game i think that this is a good matchup for them against a brown squad that's still questionable coming in still has jacoby Brissett as their quarterback i'm on the falcons for this one how about you robert well, let's not forget exactly that last point uh, jacoby Brissett is their quarterback uh, now visiting an Atlanta, uh, an Atlanta Falcons team that's uh, really starting to get full of uh, you know themselves right now. I'm buying all the shares of Drake London that I can. And on the opposite side, with Kyle Pitts looking over his shoulder, I really think that this team will win this game. So I know super boring. I'm the worst, but I'm taking Atlanta along with you as a one point dog. All right, let's move on to the Chargers who are going through all sorts of injury problems. I mentioned at the beginning, Rashawn Slater, it sounds like he's out for the year. Joey Boza is now on the IR. So they're missing a lot of their guy, their top guys. They're playing the Texans this weekend. Robert, what are we looking at for the spread for this one? I, Despite everything that was coming across and 
literally all the gears and all the springs popping off of the Chargers car. We opened them up at seven. I know that we were going to start getting Texans money, and we did. It went down to six, five and a half, and the current line is currently the Chargers is five point favorite. The total forty four. Yeah, when I first saw this line and I saw five and a half, that's where my 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 uh, pick'em leagues locked. I was at first like, that doesn't seem right. I want to back the Chargers. And then, like you said, when I looked more closely at the injury report, when I took into consideration that Justin Herbert still probably isn't 100%, I like the Texans to cover this weekend. I think the Chargers will win, but I think the Texans will remain in it. Texans have pretty much covered all three of their games. Um, No, they didn't cover this last week against the Bears, but they, they covered their first two games of the season. They tied the Colts. They covered against... They covered against the Denver Broncos. I think they cover right here. One thing about the Chargers is they're not a good run de- run defending team. Now that they don't have Joey Boza there, they're going to be even less talented. Damian Pierce, the rookie running back for the Texans, has looked good the past two games. I think that the Texans are going to pound the ball with him this matchup. They're really going to take advantage of their we- of the Chargers' weakness in their run defense. I think that Justin Herbert still isn't 100%. I don't know if we're getting Keenan Allen back, whether we get him back or not. I think the offense will take a step back. They're probably, I don't think they're as explosive as I thought they would be. In fact, they're definitely not as as explosive as I thought they would be when I picked them to win the AFC West. I'm going with the Texans to cover here. How about you, Robert? Yeah, it's a very good point. I don't see the Chargers losing this game and giving Houston their first win of the season, but boy, oh boy. The, the list of players that are out for the Chargers is just enormous already. Like you said, Slater is out. Bose is definitely out. Jalen Guyton is going to be out. Uh, he's out for the year. Uh, now Parnum, the tight end, pulled his hamstring. So there's just so many injuries that the Chargers have to deal with. I mean, look, Houston's kind of starting to get themselves built up with some injuries as well. So it's not you know going to be a clean, uh, a clean board for them as well. Uh, Five is a weird number, isn't it? Uh, I do think, though, that the Chargers end up winning this game, and they'll probably end up covering as well. So I will take the Chargers, um, not with the fullest of confidence, but I think that if they win this one, they'll cover it as well, Alan. Yeah, well, I'm taking the Texans, but not the fullest of confidence. Just when I see that injury report, there's just there's just nothing I could do the back to the Chargers, and I'm pretty upset with them last week because they got blown out as – seven-point favorites. But let's move on to the Titans and the Colts. This used to be a pretty good matchup. Now we have two teams that we had high – well, at least the Colts we had high hopes for. They haven't performed. The Texans, the Titans at least came back and had a pretty good win against the Raiders last week. Even though the Colts beat the Chiefs, it was less than impressive. What are we looking at for the odds here, Robert? You know, Ali, you know why I love being a bookmaker? Every single week you have no idea – which is going to be the hot game of the week. Well, we found it. It's this one. Wow. I opened up the Colts as a three-point favorite, the total 43 and a half. The total's fine. It's still there. You know, it's 43 right now. But it got bet. I moved it to three and a half. Got bet back down to three. And it's just nonstop. Three, three and a half. Three, three and a half. Three, three and a half. So finally, it's three and a half. And I finally got pushed to a new ladder step. So now the Colts are four-point favorite. The total, like I said, 43. Wow. So when I first saw this game, I wanted to back the Colts, but there was something in my gut that was telling me to back the Titans. My spread locked at three and a half. Again, I mentioned I love that half number when I get a division matchup. I think this is a field goal game. 
There's no way the Colts are blowing anyone out this year, at least from what I've seen. Matt Ryan is going to be good for a few fumbles, a few strip sacks, probably some interceptions a game. He still looks bad. The Titans defense is a bit more improved. I know they're still missing Harold Landry, but they looked good last week against the Raiders. I, I like the I like the Titans right here. How about you, Robert? Yeah, I, this one is really a question of do we see King Henry return or not, right? It's very true. The Colts really did play very well defensively. They put forth a real huge max effort in beating Kansas City. So they did have a couple of mistakes go their way. So they had, you know, a couple of bounces that ended up getting them the victory over Kansas City. Tennessee really, really went back to what they did, you know, and, and, and had all the success. And that's just kept running uh, Derrick Henry. And that's what got them their victory. Uh, really, the question is really that's going to be it. You know, is the Indianapolis Colts defense able to contain Derrick Henry? They know that's going to be the play, you know, the game play. I have a feeling that that's going to be the case. Uh, so much so that I think we're going to see a, a little bit of a step up for the Colts. I think they win and they do cover. Okay. Another one we disagree on. What about the Jets and the Steelers, Robert? What are we seeing here? Oof. Yeah, uh, this game, I guess, does have to be played, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, so we opened up Pittsburgh as a four-point favorite. Didn't really want to do it. I honestly wanted to open up three and a half. The betting public did that for me. So we went down to three and a half, and now it's actually only three. Total 41 and a half is the same as my opener back on Sunday. Yeah, this is just an ugly game. I would never bet this game. This is strictly for my pool purposes. I see two bad teams. I might as well get points with one of them. So I'm I'm not going to say too much. I'm taking the Jets here. How about you? Oh, good point, actually. You're right. It's two bad teams. I mean, after all, you know, someone's got to, you know, get the plus at some point. And it would be with New York. Really, the question to me is, you know, how much is you know, Zach Wilson going to return if he is going to return to form in Pittsburgh? Uh, I would think that if he does, it's going to be with a very limited playbook. Oof. I'll take the points, too. Yep. Let's move on to another game, which I should have put up higher on the list because I actually, this is an interesting game given all the injuries we're seeing on Detroit's end, but that is the Seahawks and the Lions. What are we looking at for odds here, Robert? This one has definitely gone the wrong way. I opened up the Lions, uh, and as you can probably think, I'm very high on the Lions this year, and I'm very low on Seattle. So well, I opened up Detroit as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, got bet down to six, five-and-a-half, Five, and we guessed it, it's now four. The total, 48 and a half, we're now set at 48. Um, Ali, I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one here that really likes the Lions. No, I mean, I've been talking up the Lions for months now. They're one of my sleeper teams to potentially get to the playoffs. This is another case, and I've watched the line drop. I'm actually not surprised that people are pounding the Seahawks. I mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, we talked about how people still have their in their heads what teams were last season. I think people still think the Lions are that 3-13 and 13 team they were last season, and their record being 1-2 and two probably isn't helping. Those two losses could easily be wins. They lost to the Eagles by only three points. The Eagles, who we're saying is the best team right now in the league, maybe, maybe even better than the Bills, we're saying they lost to them by only a field goal. They lost to the Vikings by only four points, but they uh, they probably should have won that game. They had a big missed field goal at the beginning. They had a chance to kick a field goal at fourth and one late in the game. Dan right. Campbell made a stupid move to go for it. 
Vikings were able to get the ball back and score. I, I, I think this is the Lions win. I know DeAndre Swift's out. I know a lot of other Lions currently haven't been practicing this week. We'll see what happens when we get the final injury report before the weekend tomorrow. But I just, there's no way I could back Geno Smith on the road. One thing I do know about the Seahawks, even if we're going to go to previous years, they're not the same team on the road as they are at home. They don't play as well than they do with that 12th man in Seattle. I don't think this one's tough, even though people are are saying that they're predicting a Seahawks upset. To me, this is Lions. It's like you said, if they win, they're going to win by end cover. I like the Lions here, no matter if it's minus six and a half, five and a half, or four and a half. I think the Lions win pretty handily. How about you, Robert? I'm with you. Not only do they win, I think this is a double-digit win. So I'm definitely thinking that the line is headed in the wrong direction. Uh, Jamal Williams, definitely very, very serviceable. He was excellent in years past. Uh, Without Swift, I'm not concerned at all. I think the Lions win by double digits. All right. And let's move on to the final game that is going to be on at 6.30 a.m. my time on Sunday. So I will be up anyway because my daughter, my eight-month-old daughter, gets me up at 5.30 every morning as it is. So I will be watching, but we got the Vikings and the Saints. We kind of don't know what the Saints are now if we're going to see Jameis Winston. But what are we looking at for the line right now, Robert? This one, um, again, a a game that's kind of moved up and down. We opened up the Vikings as a two-point favorite, got bet all the way up to three before getting back down uh, to Vikings currently at minus two and a half to favorite the total. Uh, Steady as it went, 43 and a half. I'm on the Saints for this one. I don't care if it's Jameis Winston. I don't care if it's Andy Dalton quarterbacking the Saints. I like the Saints here. They they haven't looked good. I won't sugarcoat that. They have not looked good the past few weeks. Jameis Winston does make mistakes. But fortunately, they play a Minnesota Vikings team who also has a quarterback that makes plenty of mistakes. And Kirk Cousins makes big mistakes, not only when he plays in primetime, but when he's the only one on TV. And I know it's London, but Kirk Cousins just for some reason, if his team's the only one playing, if it's not a 10 a.m. game on a on a Sunday or a 1 p.m. game on a Sunday Pacific time, it just seems like he struggles. I like the Saints. They do have a pretty good underrated defense with Marshawn Lattimore on the secondary. I think he's going to do a very good job covering Justin Jefferson. You take away Justin Jefferson, like we saw against the Eagles, Kirk Cousins struggles immensely. We don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to play, if he's going to be 100%. Alexander Madison, while he is a pretty good backup, he's still not Dalvin Cook. I like the Saints right here. How about you, Robert? You make a very good point here as I'm uh, really wondering why I circled the Minnesota Vikings as my selection. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it's in London. It's a very early start. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have a, a little bit of breakfast uh, with, our, with our NFL. But I think that, uh, you know, we will see Cook. He does have an injured shoulder, but he'll probably get at least half the snaps that he usually does. And I just think that this is going to be a game that we see a, a, a very good bounce back for Minnesota as they, you know, continue to build on what they did. They made a very, very good Detroit Lions team. I mean, yeah, there were some mistakes that went their way, uh, but I'm really, really still scratching my head and wondering just what the Saints are this year. And uh, I'm probably not thinking we're going to see a big step up for New Orleans, and if even if Minnesota just plays to the level that they did against Detroit, I think they pick up the win here. Yeah, this is one of the harder ones, but I am going to take the Saints with this. So we, I'm good. I'm glad we have at least five te- five games we disagree on. 
It's a healthy disagreement. I'm still high on the Niners. Like I said, I think that's my favorite pick. I'm really excited for that game on Monday. The other ones, again, we'll see what happens with the Chargers final injury report, but I'm I'm likely to still be on the Texans. We'll see what happens with the Panthers injury report if McCaffrey plays, but I'll likely still be on the Panthers. And before we close out this episode, Robert, give us your top picks for people's survivor pools. This is, I mean, I, if we want to go ahead and just be really super safe, uh, as we said, you know, at the top of the show, the Green Bay Packers is probably going to be your, your best bet. You're obviously going to give up a ton of future value. Uh, but if you're looking to just move on uh, in a smaller size pool, Green Bay is probably your pick. Uh, if you're looking to get a little sneaky, and I sure do love getting sneaky every once in a while, why not consider, well, how about the Detroit Lions? Um, I really think that they win by double digits here. Uh, Seattle may not score 10 points. Uh, and so that would be my pick if you're looking to uh, uh, make a selection where you've got a, a larger size pool uh, that you have to still uh, face off against. Yeah, I'm right with you. Packers are my t- my pick this week. I am going safe. I like, and again, Packers aren't the same team as they have been. I think this is one of the rare occasions where I could say this is going to be a definite win for them. So my survivor pool, I am taking them this week. I agree with you. The Lions in my blog about the top picks, top survivor picks. They're right here as a sneaky pick. I do like them over the Seahawks. I also have the Eagles. If you want to go the Eagles route, I think that they beat the Jaguars. I know people are talking up the Jaguars, but I think this is a win for the Eagles. Chargers over Texans. Again, even though I'm back in the Texans to cover, I don't care what the injury report is. There's no way I can foresee the Chargers losing to the Texans. Texans are just not good. Not good at all. And then I had a sneak in, but hey, why not the Giants? I mean, it's going to be close against the Bears. But if there was a week, any if there was any other week in the season that you could probably be close to guaranteeing a Giants win, it's this week. So if you are playing, if you have maybe a double elimination in your league, like I do, want to take a shot, try my New York Giants. But we are out of time for today. It flies by so quickly. I know that we have. I ha- always have a good time on this episode, Robert. Before we go, do you have any last thoughts to share with the audience? <laughs> um, just yeah, again, I'm I'm very grateful. Thanks so much for uh, having me on once again to break down week number four. If uh, our listener really does enjoy this, uh, you know, more than definitely find uh, us on. Well, heck, you know, find me probably on Twitter, probably more than anywhere at uh, Rob C Kowalski, and of course uh, our very own podcast at uh, Nothing But Locks. Yep, we are very active on Twitter. Again, as Robert always says, keep looking at the injury reports. A lot of the information does come from Twitter. So if you want to save some keywords or follow some key guys out in the space, stay up to date because that could definitely have an effect last minute on your picks. But we are out of time. I thank everyone for joining and good luck this weekend. Take care. 